hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beneath Vancouver Radio, episode number 66. Four away from 66. the big seven zero. 66, Chris, 66. Uh, four away from the big seven zero. Uh, a big thank you again to everyone who's been tuning in. I know October was a little bit of a lull, uh, took a little bit of a break, kind of regrouped a little bit, got a couple of more guests lined up, uh, including the one that I'm speaking with today, the wonderful Chris Hobbs from TTT Studios. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing perfect. And honestly, Aaron, I've been looking so forward to doing this with you for a long time now. Same here, same here. And I'm, I'm hoping that these next kind of 30 to 40 minutes are going to be exciting. Also filled with little nuggets of knowledge for our guests. But um, I'll, I'll start the episode as I'm sure the audience knows kind of the first question that I lead up with here. Chris, who are you today? Who I am, brother of David, father of Kai and <laughs> Sila. Uh, no, Chris Hobbs, founder and uh, president of TTT Studios. We're uh, local. If you're in Vancouver, we are local. And Canada, if you're in Mars, uh, we are a local development <laughs> shop uh, focusing on solving business problems through technology. And we've got a, a great team of uh, incredibly talented people who, uh, you know, get to uh, get to push the limits as to. Uh, technology and, uh, you know, following um, uh, lots of business frameworks to uh, create amazing products that people, uh, you know, we, we hope people want to uh, leverage at the end of the day and utilize. I love it. I love it. So I guess we'll start off with that a little bit more. Obviously, as you said, founder of TTT Studios, let's kind of rewind a little bit. Um, I'm cheating mm -hmm. a little bit, so I know a little already about the backstory. But for those who don't, um, can you share a little bit more insight as to how you found it, who you found it with, and kind of where the idea even stemmed from? Fantastic. Yeah. So TTT Studios, I mean, um, prior to the TTT, I was with, uh, um, which I founded with my handsome twin brother, David, and the amazingly talented Josephine Wong. Um, prior to that, I was actually just traveling the world. I had my own startup uh, that I'd done uh, with my brother uh, in the uh, the real estate education space, which uh, allowed me to travel the world. And so for, uh, since my kids were one years old, um, every six months, we'd be gone for six months of the year. And, you know, we'd be either in Africa or South Africa. America or Asia and uh, just see the world. And then my daughter, Sila, uh, as amazing as she is, she had to start kindergarten. So uh, realized, well, <laughs> I guess I should probably get stuck to a city now. And that's when, you know, I spoke to uh, David and Josephine and said, hey, let's found a company, especially because the, um, the iOS store just opened up or the app, app store uh, for Apple mm -hmm. just opened up. And we, we realized, hey, we can create some really cool experiences through this. And it was brand new. And it was, uh, you know, dying and begging for us to, uh, to, to help create these uh, really cool applications. So uh, I said, okay, now that my daughter's stuck in town, let's found a company. We actually called it Two Tall Totems. Uh, um, you know, we got a little bit more corporate when I brought in a CEO who suggested that we call us <laughs> TTT Studios. Uh, um, as you could probably guess, I'm not the most corporate person on earth. Um, but with that said, I recognize the value in, uh, you know, making sure that everyone is uh, comfortable with a name. And uh, uh, it's a lot easier to say, though I don't know half the people call us TTT. The other app calls us Triple T. I I listen to both. Uh, just don't call me David. That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> Not to be confused exactly with your twin brother, David. Handsome um, twin brother. Come on, Aaron. Aaron. Handsome. handsome. Sorry, sorry, sorry. David, Thank if you're you. listening, I apologize. Handsome. Handsome. Can't forget that. Um, in regards to, obviously, the, the idea behind it and uh, understanding, as you just mentioned, the opportunity that was available there with the uh, iOS or App Store uh, opening up. How has that kind of transitioned into like throughout the you know experiences that you've had? 
what certain opportunities have you seen of, you know, maybe this is something that we can jump on, especially maybe now with the whole transition to remote work, uh, a lot more mm -hmm. people working, um, as I said, remotely, online, a lot more communication online. How has the last, I guess, what are we now, a year and a half, almost two years, how's that transition in terms of, you know, what TTT uh, is or how, how they approach business? Sure. Well, I mean, it's allowed us to be a lot more across Canada in terms of our um, staff. Um, so, right. you know, our, our typical, our original limitation was that we, you know, we have a really good culture. We have a nice office. So, hey, why not everyone, you know, be together? And personally, if it was my way, it would still be that way. I'm an old guy, right? I love, I love traditions. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, we recognize, you know, in, we're, we're in the, th the thought business, you know, wherever people's minds are, that's what, you know, the, the, the physicality of the situation isn't really that required. Um, mm -hmm. So we've been a lot more across Canada. I think we have like 10 or 12 people in Ontario alone now, um, and quite a few in Edmonton and some of the Maritimes. And, um, you know, so that's allowed us to be a little bit more free in terms of um, the employment opportunity opportunities with with the tttt family i put four t's in there to be extra confusing but i guess that's the tttt <laughs> team um but uh, yeah i mean at the end of the day because of what we do the, the the location hasn't it's been a little bit superfluous um also a lot of our clients they're american-based anyhow so you know mm -hmm. as long as we have the the, the tools and the the processes uh, that allow us to collaborate and really really um you know without skipping a beat, uh, you know, to tell we would typically do it together. Um, mm -hmm. It works just fine. In, in fact, I would even say that the first discovery we did when when COVID hit, we, we do these discoveries, which was around project ideation, you we, we use like Google X slash ideos, uh, frameworks around understanding a problem that's users, and the business needs, uh, sorry, the technical needs required in order to solve those with a smattering of butter of business needs too. And the first time we did it with Miro, where we did it remote, um, I realized, oh, okay, you know what, as much as I thought this was going to be a challenge, it was actually great. And uh, even, you know, should we all be within the same walls when we do discoveries next? Um, I think we'll still be doing Miro as if we were not beside each other either way. So uh, does it work? Yes. Do I like it? I'm a hugger. You know, COVID free. <laughs> I'm a hugger. So what can I say? No, that's right. And I think a lot of businesses um, sort of realize that transition as well, right? And understand the, little, the importance of a little bit of both, right? And But at the same time, when you put so much effort and you're so proud as well of like the culture that that the, the company has uh, being able to mm -hmm. maximize that not just for your end but also for for the employees right and understanding that uh, when they're happy you know they're probably going to be outputting good work as well so um, I'm sure that there's some relevance and, and kind of uh, correlation in that regards as well so for sure I guess actually I even fast-tracked maybe a little bit here because I think for a lot of the times one of the number one questions or kind of the inquiries that I get at least is when people listen to the podcast is, you know, great guests, great guests. Uh, I love the mm -hmm. origin story, the origin story. Mm. Um, you know, when you mentioned starting the company with Josephine and, and, and your handsome brother, David, um, Thank you. in regards to the actual obstacles, the, the tribulations, the ups and the downs, you know, being in business for, if I'm mistaken, a little over 10 years now, uh, mm -hmm. I'm correct, right on that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. So what's been, you know, when you started that and you started the business and you know there's no blueprint per se but one can argue that it's a lot easier now you know there's a lot less obstacles whether it be financial or or, or access to potential customers etc what has been kind of what what has what were i should say the the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome um not just as the president but also as you said as the as the founder of the company 
Oh, sure. I mean, the, the biggest one is that, you know, my kids love eating. Um, that was de definitely one of the biggest <laughs> challenges um, in, the, in the sense of that, you know, I didn't even draw a salary for the first, uh, none of the founders did for, for probably more on two years, uh, which mm. I think a lot of people should really understand. Like if you're going to set things up right, you have to be prepared in order to go the long run, um, right. you know, in terms of success, you also have to recognize that, you know, if you're hiring people, you need to pay them or they walk away. So you have to have not only a great trust and relationship with your co-founders, but also with their partners to make sure that everyone understands what we're getting involved in. Cause it is, it is a belt tightening time, um, mm -hmm. for sure. And, um, you know, so we, we definitely recognize that. I mean, I was really lucky because, um, you know, both my brother and I and, and Josephine have amazing partners in life to, to help support us. But also, at least in David's and my state, um, we already had another business that we had prior that it didn't require me to uh, um, be that, you know, I, I had other other uh, salary to draw from, um, especially okay. in a business that was actually virtual. And it didn't really matter. Like I, I, I would actually say that my my uh, my my real estate education uh, software might be a perfect business because I work on it uh, one minute a year, uh, not even emails. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, pull, it pulls in a salary enough to be at least comfortable. So um, I, would, I would definitely say, you know, if you, before you jump in to something like this, recognize the challenges in terms of, you know, how you're going to pay yourself um, and come up with mm -hmm. alternative, um, alternative plans that will allow you to be comfortable without realizing, hey, I've swollen too much, I, um, especially if you have a family. Because, you know, again, kids love food. I mean, my son, my gosh, can he eat? Um, so you really do have to recognize that you have to take care of yourselves first, but also you have to take care of your employees. So you have to have that culture set up, the processes set up, the belief and the trust in each other set up in order to, uh, to, to be ready to be successful first. And did your ex previous experience with like uh, your other business, the real estate one, did that kind of help set that up? Because, uh, you know, all the advice that you're giving is great. But I think another question that people might follow up to that is, where do I even look to like in terms of how mm -hmm. do I set this up? Or, or where can I not necessarily mimic because obviously each business is different and the culture is different and, mm -hmm. and, and things, uh, different situations for different uh, businesses. But where, where did you, if at all, look in terms of, you know, maybe going in that direction, that that company seems to be doing it right. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I dropped out of grad school to do my first startup. And that's just been in mm -hmm. my soul. And I think it's in certain like certain people you meet over the years, you're going, okay, they, they'll never work for air quotes here for the listeners, the man, um, you know, right. it's, it's, they're going to be able to steer their own boat, no matter what, uh, I couldn't imagine working for anyone else. I, in fact, I think I'm the least employable person in the whole company. Um, <laughs> like who the hell would want to employ me? Right. Um, but you know, prior Prior, prior to TTT and, and my real estate play, I mean, I actually did a startup with my brother, uh, like I said, when I dropped out of grad school, and that was the best learnings of my life. I mean, I was the president of the UBC Ski Club, uh, which was fun mm -hmm. because I can't ski. I don't like snow. And, um, you know, I, I leveraged <laughs> the relationships club. that I've created through that. It was a great club. There's a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, let's just say a lot of uh, social stuff <laughs> going on. You know, so, so you know, the leverage, the, 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 the learnings that I got through that, um, through that organization at university or at UBC. Um, we flipped that into a startup actually with my brother during the dot-com years called uh, liftpasses.com. And that's mm -hmm. where I really kind of cut my teeth on, you know, how challenging business can really be, how daunting it can be in terms of paying yourself. And, uh, um, you know, we survived, we, we survived enough to, 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 well, to close up that shop when I realized we couldn't do it anymore. Um, during that, that when the dot-com 
bust happened. But once you get the, the, the taste for it and you recognize the challenges that come with a, not a steady paycheck, um, but you buy mm-hmm. into it and believe in it, um, you know, at that point you can do it. But I didn't have kids. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have anything but myself at that time. It's easier to, 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 to crawl back. But I say, if you're in a place that you understand what you're going to get into, um, and you have at least enough income to pay rent for say, you know, six months, roll the dice and do it. You know, you've only got one chance. Um, and who knows, maybe it'll be like me that you get bitten by the bug and you meet the right people throughout life. And you recognize that, Hey, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to create value through my own journeys and my own adventures. Um, I don't want to do it for other people. You can't, you know, I don't care about the money. Like it's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm like a Marxist Leninist business person, which is, you know, (laughs) again, least employable person there is in, in, in the room. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I just want to create this big journey and adventure for a lot of a lot of people where we create great things together. I mean, I, I can't see it on the wall, but we have our vision for TTT, which is to we create software that impacts a billion lives. And we, we chose that as our raison d'etre, because if you want to look at business transactionally, it's just that it's done, you're done, right? Like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumping gas. I don't want to pump gas. I want to be the person that brings the gas in and then thinks, well, you know what, we can do it. We can create an environmental gas that's 5% better this way and more boom. And then, you know what, let's just plug in the car anyhow. Like, I want to think of things that's going to create value on a much more impactful level. I love it. And I think one thing that you mentioned that will definitely resonate with a lot of, you know, in terms of like the people that listen to this podcast, they're around, you know, young, young, uh, young adults, you know, 18, 19, all the way up to 24, 25 is kind of the key demographic. And I've gotten already a few kind of questions or when people are unsure and they listen to an episode and a guest resonates with what you just with what you they said. Um, the aspect of taking that risk. And if you have, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better word, not money responsibilities, such as, you know, trying to feed a family or, or, or many bills to pay or whatever the case might be, and you want to try that, you know, new business idea or new venture, I think what you just mentioned will hopefully push people to that kind of realization and understand like, yeah, you, you might, it might go wrong, it might go well, you never know, but at least you've tried it. And as you said, if it goes well, you're going to get that itch and that bite. And you're just going to continue, continue to, to develop and, and, and attract people within your circle, like I'm sure you did as well, amazing people to work alongside with to, to steer the boat, as you said. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure people will, will be happy to hear that from someone like yourself that, uh, yeah, taking that risk, even as you did a a couple of years ago, and, and stuff like that. So um, it's important to to come to, to to terms with that as a as a person. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, I've seen you know your experiences that you've had with either public speaking events or going to speak at conferences. I think actually, I don't know if you're going personally, but I saw recently on LinkedIn that uh, there is an event at UBC in person uh, that I believe you guys are attending, right? So I'm speaking uh, tomorrow. Heard- Exactly. There you go. I'm looking um, forward to it. I love the UBC events. I love university events. It's the, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. That, by was far. Gonna, that was going to be a question that I had for you is like, what, what, what do you see like in terms of, you know, the future generations? Like when you go to these, you know, obviously due to COVID, most of them in the last year and a half have been virtual, if not canceled. But now that uh, in-person events are starting to pick up a little bit, what's like the number one thing that you enjoy when you go to these things, whether it be talking to the students, hearing their stories, et cetera? 
Yeah, no, it's just meeting them. It's just meeting them and creating long-term relationships. Like the thing that I'm most proud of is that I will meet a student and then three years or two years later, they've applied for a co-op job and actually reference that we had this conversation mm. over the years. Um, but but really, it's just meeting students. I mean, I I, I have a, a strong relationship with with uh, with UBC. I mean, I was there for way too many years, um, <laughs> but but uh, way too many years. But 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 I also recognize the talent that comes through. Um, you know, universities and, and also the, 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 the vision and the ideas that aren't hammered or um, aren't preoccupied with other things. Like, I mean, you can actually have a really, really, really good conversation with someone who, who might not understand the negative side of what they want to do. And you can pollute them with that negative side, but I love to hear Mm -hmm. the optimistic side. And, you know, you have that optim- optimism with youth. That's such a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, it needs to be tempered. It obviously needs to be tempered. And that's why I always recommend that you do speak to, uh, you know, old guys like myself or old uh, individuals who've been through the rat race experience, a couple of times. And Chris. Experience. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. You know, I'm not, I'm not as gray haired as much as I'm bald anyhow. But, um, um, but you know what? I mean, I just love the fact that you can, you can have these conversations. People are really excited to talk to me. And I think they're actually really surprised that I'm super excited to talk to them. Um, right. but, but it's, but it's, but it's true. And, you know, I mean, I actually spoke, I was in Lisbon last week for, for web summit and I got yeah, to speak at that. one of those events and I, as much fun as that is, I like the student events so much more just because of the pure excitement that, you know, that people have in their eyes and hearts when you, when you get to uh, chat with them. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that they're surprised that you're excited to speak as excited to speak with them as well, because I remember, you know, I was I was a student not too long ago, and I'd go to these like either networking events or just events in general and speaking with uh, whether it be the president or the VP of whatever department, et cetera. And you go up and you're like thinking like, oh, they probably don't even care. Like they've probably seen a hundred faces mm-hmm. today. I'm just another, you know, face to that kind of, uh, to that list. But, um, you know, not everyone, but for the most part, the people that I've had communication with, um, they're as energetic, as excited. They want, they ask probing questions to really understand mm-hmm. more about <laughs> who you are and what you hope to achieve with that conversation. And sometimes you even get a little shocked. You're just like, Oh, no, I just, I just came here just trying to make sure that uh, I at least I tried out this conversation with you, right. And then I know sometimes you get put on the spot. But uh, that's where I think the connections and as you said, the the long term relationships really start to build and form is, is from those experiences and not just a Oh, okay, hello, goodbye, kind of thing. And as you said, not transactional. That's important. Completely. That's important. Completely. You know, as, as, as I mean, I say this a lot in my podcast, Aaron, but I truly mean it is that, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, no one did it for the money. You know, they were a company <laughs> of adventurers that were there for the journey and they meet people on the way. And that's how I see business, you know, is that, hey, you know what, we can create amazing things on the way. But I want to meet, you know, from old wizards like myself to young Gelflings uh, on the way, um, because the journey can be so much richer with uh, with everyone's different experiences, uh, point of views, and perspectives to uh, to color the road that we travel together. I like, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, my listeners might not believe this, but I've actually never watched fully Lord of the Rings. I only know the characters, so um, I- I'm sure that uh, that particular analogy is is very appropriate i'm sure my listeners are probably like what's this guy lord of the rings they've probably just tuned off right now but to make sure that they i'm thinking in. about walking away but you know i'm thinking yeah, about walking say, away Chris, whatever got, whatever got, you, man you've got to stay though you've got to stay okay yeah um, i gotta stay okay need the nerd cred back up okay <laughs> 
for for someone who's in tech, and I think I wouldn't be doing you know a very good job hosting this podcast if I didn't ask you this question. And you might have, uh, you you might not um, have an answer to this just yet. But obviously, Web 3.0, Metaverse, whatever mm-hmm. the heck the buzzword of the day is, or the week, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like every day is a different kind of thing. Uh, Completely. You know, with Facebook changing their name to to Meta now, uh, a lot of different things kind of coming into into the space. What is your mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah, like I'm kind of interested to maybe hear your insight a little bit more as to how that transition to, again, Web 3.0, um, not just from a company perspective, but just kind of maybe your thoughts as well as to where that potentially could take the direction of 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 just this tech space in general. Sure. Well, I mean, in the in the, in the metaverse side of things, I, um, we we're still missing one big part of the equation. We're starting to get there, but but really, I don't I don't like the headsets. They they they're hard on my yeah, eyes. Neither um, do I. I don't really work. <laughs> I get dizzy. Yeah, but once. <laughs> Exactly, but you you see the the better form factor ones, which is the the you know the 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 glass ones, which are nothing more mm-hmm. than just kind of glasses over top. And and I mean, I read today about how Apple's going to be you know they they just filed a whole bunch of patents around uh, how the control will be done through the watch and you know control their their keep everything within their universe, but also maximize right. the experience because of it. I'm I'm excited about it. Not so sure. I want one, con- you know, one company to own it, uh, and that obviously mm-hmm. won't happen. I mean, is Meta, Meta or whatever wants to say, "Hey, that's our thing." Well, it's everyone else's thing too, and especially when you have start, you know, you have these decentralized applications. We're going to talk about, you know, Web 3.0 as well, where where right. you can have it. So, you know, you leveraging uh, smart, um, you know, smart contracts and blockchain and all that to actually start, um, you know removing from a centralized database or a centralized framework and, and, and start, um, you know, building, building rules that are trusted um, and information that's trusted in ways that we really don't even understand now. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think that's all really, really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be the people building it though. Like I, I think, and this is maybe why I go back to, you know, saying why I love the, you know, being around university students. I think it's those who aren't hampered by, web 1.0 and 2.0 for that matter and you know the limitations um for it um are going to be that much better at jumping to the next one i mean it's like i I spent a lot of time in africa for example right and you know people say oh there's a lot of challenges in africa and yeah there sure is but there's also you know a major opportunity which is called lack of infrastructure and because of lack of infrastructure they can actually skip a lot of the um um, you know, the old ways of doing things and jump right into the new ways. So there is a lot of opportunity um, in places like Africa or South America that, that do lack infrastructure. Well, I, I think, you know, Web 3.0 is a very similar thing. And also, you know what, as I said, Africa, look to places like that, because they could be doing Web 3.0 before we even do it because of that decentralized approach um, to mm. things. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I was talking to Sunil Sharma, who's the, uh, um, when I was in, in Lisbon, uh, he's one of the hosts of Web Summit. And as well, he's the, uh, I guess the the main, the main squeeze for, um, for, <laughs> um, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the group all of a sudden, but it's, it's like one of those uh, um, incubators, um, tech, tech stars or okay. whatever it is. And, um, Anyhow, um, it's interesting to see how much he's investing in Africa, where traditionally his, his market of focus was in in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I met a bunch of the startups that he's that he's funding through his uh, through his group that are all in Africa, and I think that's really interesting. Um, and he was telling me how much he thinks that the, the future is going to come from that. So the Web 3.0 and all that, you know, think about people that aren't handcuffed from current technologies or current limitations, and where you know where do they want to go in a much 
faster way. I mean, business at the end of the day is all about, and, and technology is a great way to lever- leverage this, but a business at the end of the day, what wins is someone who can figure out how to get there faster or better or with one less right. step. So I think what you want to think about all the time is how you can optimize the journey. And, um, you know, infrastructure is a limitation to that journey. It's also a, you know, a, it's a positive thing because you have to run on that infrastructure. But if you have too much old infrastructure, then that limits where you can take it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm new. I, I mean, for me personally, obviously, from a, I would say like the consumer's perspective, it's all very like kind of it's it's almost mind-boggling to a sense, right? I think you you see all these kind of different things, and you know the implementation of AR, VR, all all kind of different technologies, and you know you start to realize like, is this actually going to be something that sticks, right? Or is this just kind of like a hollow mm-hmm. fad, and then that's it, right? I think one can argue that uh, a thing that's potentially just coming down off its its pretty you know, hype up summer, early fall was like NFTs, right? And that whole kind of wave mm-hmm. of everyone and their mother was like owning an NFT or was trying to make an NFT collection and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and now it's starting to become a little bit more of, uh, okay, how can we actually utilize this and not just make it a profile picture on Discord or Twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that as where most NFTs are right now, just kind of profile picture related. So I think the future is very you know, it's going to be very interesting in the next, you know, two, three, four, five plus decade years, however, however long. But um, mm-hmm. I think at the same time, as you mentioned, it's understanding that uh, there's going to be different utilizations for these technologies and, and these kind of new innovations. And different people will potentially get to it first or, or be able to apply it faster than, than certain aspects of the world. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, one of the big, one of the big enablers that's going to come out of that too. And, and, and I think it's, you know, people don't really understand the true power of where it's going to be. Everyone hears the buzzword of 5g, but when it's true <laughs> 5g, like right now, it's just marketed 5g that's LTE, yeah. you know, on, on steroids and I'm using quotes again because, <laughs> yeah it's 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 nothing but when you have true 5g and that becomes again the infrastructure that you're building on and just the the pure not only speed but the the, the like speed speed of data transfer but also the real time um you know um just the real-time speeds upon which things can interact, um, mm-hmm. it's going to change things. Like, that is what's really going to change things. And unfortunately, we just don't have the infrastructure ready for it. I really wish that some government would step in and go, that's not 5G, stop calling it 5G. You know, that's this is that's 4.5. Um, yeah. But the day that we get that, that's when things are going to get interesting. Mm. Okay. And when do you think, just out of curiosity, when do you think that day will will, will, will be? Like, in the next year, two years? Sometime between road. tomorrow and 15 years from now. Okay. <laughs> Big gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on that. I'll be I'll be okay. pretty 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 happy. Well and if it doesn't, I'll pay you fifty bucks in fifteen years. Okay. Right. You 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 guys heard it here first. Uh mm-hmm. the date mm-hmm. is November eleven. Uh, or sorry, November sixteenth, twenty twenty one. So if he doesn't pay me in fifteen or that doesn't happen in fifteen years, I'm fifty bucks richer. Probably dollar the worth of, of that dollar by then might not be as high, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Well, I'll we'll give you an NFT. Happens. How about that? We'll, yeah, we'll NFT this video. video right here. <laughs> All proceeds go to uh, my my fifty dollar wow. payout. Exactly. Wonderful. No, we'll make this fungible. <laughs> exactly, Chris. 
mm-hmm. um, as you as well, like I did want to kind of go over this because I think it's an important aspect is, as to as to kind of who you are and how you perceive yourself online as well. Um, as you mentioned, you have your own podcast afternoon tea mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from from the episodes that you've done. And for those who don't know, kind of focuses on obviously chatting with uh, local kind of business people or, or thought leaders in the town of tech space, etc. Some great guests have been on that uh, podcast episode. What has been the one thing that you've learned about yourself um, as your experience as a podcast host? Sure. I mean, the fir- first off, that I'm amazed that people even want to chat with me. That's the the first thing. Um, and you know, let me let me let me back to because so after, after I dig it, I dig it. You get some great people on on your show, and that's I'm always impressed. I'm actually a big time listener. Um, but you know, what afternoon tea is just to to let me kind of frame it a little bit yeah, is is I speak it. to six, Canada's successful entrepreneurs in order to prepare that next generation of startups. Um, but you know, the one the one learning that I have is I definitely only have founders on the show, never, never CEOs. And I've had some amazing CEOs that make me go, wow, I didn't even know you were possibly leading these large organizations. And no, I don't want you on the show because you're going to bore me because I want people that are going to say things that, you know, that make me go, yeah, wow, I would have said that too. You know what? Uh, don't be safe. I want, I want people to learn from unfiltered reality and not mm-hmm. from safe because safe at the end of the day isn't going to get you where you need to go. I think you need to have good advice. Um, and so, so I like that. I mean, the other thing that I've learned is that, um, you know, I, I mean, Aaron, I've only got two skills in life. I've got two very useless skills in life, okay? The first is I can organize people to, you know, together to go in the same direction. Um, and this, the second is I can blah, blah. And the ability and the chance for me to blah, blah with such interesting people and help reflect their story. Um, and, you know, even even that I just get to, you know, flavor it a little bit by putting it as part of my journey with them is, is amazing. And I love every second of it. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Out of everyone so far, what's been kind of like the one thing, whether it be piece of advice or, or something that has really resonated with you um, from, from the guests that you might want to share maybe with uh, – with the listeners here, aside from the unfiltered kind of reality. Um, okay, let me think. I mean, there's there's been some very good guests. I mean, Kim Kaplan, uh, founder of of uh, Snack uh, App, she's been fantastic because I don't know anyone that's better at product at really understanding a product, um, and mm-hmm. also just an understanding how to raise capital. Like she does it better than anyone. She could have raised fifty million dollars in two minutes just based on who she is, <laughs> and to, and to and to learn. Um, you know, some of the tips, as well as the fact that she wanted to keep things in Canada. So she raises mm. money in the States to get the valuation, but she keeps one third of the issues in Canada. So they have to buy in at that American rate, but they get the chance to buy in. And I love mm. the fact that she does that to kind of keep it, you know, to keep it at home. Because at the end of the day, what we really want to do and what we're doing in the ecosystem is trying to create value um, so that people don't have to go to the Valley anymore, that they can actually do things in Canada, um, you know, be Toronto, Canada, Vancouver, wherever. But, you know, if you can have enough exits with that becomes a big thing. And we are getting there. I mean, oh, gosh, we are getting there. Well, I think mm-hmm. that's a really, really, really good lesson. I mean, I had my 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 last podcast and um that uh, should be going out on thursday the advice that comes out on that one which was interesting um was people like boring software so find something <laughs> in business that's really boring and you can make you can make software and a business out of it and you know what he's right 
Yes, I'm not so sure I want to go that route, but he's right. It's good advice. You know what? No one wants to, everyone wants to jump on sexy. No one wants boring, right? But boring pays yeah. the bills at the end of the day. You know, accounting software is great. People need it. Um, you know, and, and actually one other theme that, I, that I've always come across here is don't build technology for the sake of technology. Um, you know, build, build it that has a reason. Um, because mm. if you build something that you think is cool, eh, it might be good for a game, but you know, but it's not really solving someone's problem who's going to pay for it. So focus on focus on the individual, focus on the need, and focus on the technology that's going to help solve that need. Um, and make sure if you're not the person that can do that, that you find people that 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 help you, um, you know, make that happen. Exactly. No, that's, I think for, for a lot of people, it's understanding kind of, you know, at the end of the day, you're solving a problem, right? That's what businesses are about with giving that problem solution through a product or soft, whatever the case might be. But at the end of the day, you're trying to ease a pain point for the customer in their yeah. lives uh, and help make that easier for themselves. So. And, and can I say one thing as well Is sometimes yeah. it's not even a product. I mean, we had this great client, uh, they make, um, they make light bulbs, kind of spooky light bulbs in a way. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it has cameras in it with AI facial recognition. Oh, so, you okay. know, when your daughter's boyfriend shows up, it <laughs> sends you notifications. But they're, they're, they're originally from China. And what they did when they came to North America, and they invested heavily here, hundreds of millions of dollars to bring the products here. Um, all they did with the onboarding is they just took the Chinese write-up of how to get a light bulb on your network and flipped in English and said, good enough. And they're trying to figure out why they're getting 85% returns, right? So what mm. we did is we actually did a relatively small engagement to understand the user, understand the problem, and then say, yeah, we don't need to redo the software. This is so simple. We just need to do the onboarding of the software. And they only yeah. had 10% returns after that. Like, I mean, the, the, the amount of value you create from just a small engagement like that could be great too. So it, you don't have to be thinking, hey, what big software project do I do? Sometimes it's mm -hmm. not even that. It's really about understanding the user and their needs and then making the small little steps improves the journey for them. There you go. That's what the bottom there line we is, go. Right? understanding your user. You guys heard it here Completed. first. Mm -hmm. Wonderful mm -hmm. nugget of information and knowledge from Chris. Um, unfortunately, we are nearing the end of our episode here, and I did want to ask. Uh, I know, right? Boo! Mm -hmm. Boo. Um, I did. <laughs> I, I did want to ask one final question before the final. I guess so. The the pre final okay. question, and mm -hmm. uh, what what that was. I wanted to get your insight on kind of, and you touched upon it a little bit when you spoke about Kim and, and kind of. Um, keeping people locally within Canada and, and not, you know, having them to go out to, to the Valley and stuff like that. But where do, how do you, where do you see kind of the Vancouver tech space? I think grow in the next, you know, couple of years. Um, you know, there's been companies like uh, Clio, um, I mean, Dapper mm -hmm. Labs on obviously the Dapper NFT Labs. kind of that kind of side. There's obviously a lot of companies that I'm sure people might not even know that are local. Um, you'd be surprised sometimes where you see head office located. I'm like, oh, okay. But if, from your experience and from your point of view, where do you kind of see the tech space kind of going into oh, grow on Vancouver? It's, it's, it's only getting better in Vancouver. Um, I mean, last, last I heard this year alone, we've had 13 unicorns pop up. 13. Like, can you imagine that? And when you take that into like considerations of other, even cities in the States, they don't have anything mm -hmm. close to that. Uh, like I saw Seoul five, you know, take that into consideration. Now, some of them are really, you know, kind of like, again, boring technology. And, 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 I, and I mean that in a loving way, like uh, um, geo, uh, oh gosh, what were they called? Geo, geo, 
GeoComply, thank you. At the end yeah. of the day, they own the uh, compliance around online gambling in the States. Like, you think that's a pretty big piece of the pie? Now, it's not exciting things. It's about making sure that people aren't spoofing their, their you know, their location mm-hmm. and all that and following all the rules. But that's a multi-billion dollar company because of something simple like that, you know? Yeah. So um, will there be a lot more? It seems like two pop up a week, half the time. <laughs> so I think that this is just going to grow more and more and more, especially as, you know, we have the the people who've done the exits now start to realize that they have to, you know, work their, their, their capital um, because mm-hmm. they can give it up to the tax person. They can build super big houses. Mm. But these are not the type of people that do that. These are the type of people that want to make amazing products. Um, you know, I've spoken to a, to a lot of them um, and, and uh, I think because of that, they're going to be not only helping, you know, with 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 capital, but also they're going to be helping, you know, with you on your journey. Because I know so many of them are so happy, just like I am, to talk to students and talk to the, you know, the, the startup types. They want to leverage their uh, roller deck, um, if that's such a thing anymore, their contact list, um, <laughs> and and help. Uh, the next generation, um, you know, become that much bigger and that much greater so that we keep more value in in Vancouver and in Canada at that. Yeah, I think it's very exciting times. And as, as I said earlier, I'm very looking forward to kind of see who, who else pops up. And yeah, the amazing mm. things that um, people just kind of need to look a little bit further. I think everyone thinks like, oh, Vancouver, it's just kind of like nothing's really going on here. Like business wise, you know, everyone, Toronto is the hub and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's definitely some uh, big companies out here, you just kind of maybe have to sift through through everything else. But um Without further ado, unfortunately, as I said earlier, we are nearing the end of our episode and um, we always kind of finish the end here with the ultimate question, I guess, or, or the some people like it, some people don't, depending on, on how you want to take it. But um, and that question is, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self, Chris, whether it's yesterday mm. um, or, or five or five years or 10 years, whatever the, the timeline might be, that's up to your discretion. But what piece of advice would you give to your younger self and why? Yeah, well, that, that's easy. I mean, it's, I'm I'm pretty dogmatic about doing what I want to do and what I think should happen. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, with the, the flavors of my my wife and and family, you know, going to help that. But I would just say to the younger self, if you think it's the right thing to do, do it. I mean, most critics are those who failed in the industry. So if they're just going to be negative and hold you back, I mean, listen, listen to what you know, the, the reasons are, but if you don't believe right. in it, don't worry about it. Just fly the direction you think you're going to fly and, uh, you know, but do it with a big vision. Like don't do it thinking, okay, I'm going to create something small and tidy, you know, a first base. Think about many first bases along the way of this bigger vision of what you're going to create. Hmm. Flap the wings. Just go kind of flap take that leap. those wings, man. <laughs> there you go. Just there got you a go. Soar. You just got to fly. I like it, Chris. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, you do have around 30 seconds. Uh, you can take as long as you want, but uh, 30 seconds to do any shout outs, plugs that you want to do. Uh, where can people find you? Um, go for it. The stage is yours. Sure. I mean, I was just going to do a gangster rap in French. How about, um, but you know, the reality is, is, you know what, if, if you're interested in what we do, we're always looking for engineers and designers and people that just want to make a difference even on the business side. So if you're interested, reach out to me directly, you know, go to ttt.studio. There's no.com where that's sophisticated and um, you know, try to find out about the great stuff we're doing. Cause we are working with some large clients, just like the American medical association, unity, all these great clients. And uh, you know what, we want to create value together. So if you want to be on that journey, let's do it together, baby. 
Woo-woo. Sounds good. I'll make sure to put your podcast as well. You didn't you didn't shout that out, but I'll make sure to add that as well in the description um, down below for the YouTube and also for uh, just the podcast description if you're listening through audio. So thank you again, Chris. I really do appreciate you taking the time. And to all the listeners, hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you know you tune in, this won't be posted until after the UBC event. But um, if you're from UBC, and you spoke to Chris, um, you know, this is uh, all their other stuff that he does as well. And, and thank you for finding him through through my podcast. But um, yeah, make sure to stay up to date with everything TTT related and Chris as well. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to put your is your LinkedIn okay as, as kind of uh, as my a LinkedIn? Yeah, no? link in Sounds with good. me, baby. sounds good i'll put that down below as well thank you again everyone this was episode number 66 of beneath vancouver radio have a wonderful rest of your day take care everyone bye-bye